perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me and the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands, is being killed. You will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stuff. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me and the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. 
whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go. Defend another time of refreshing from God's presence. Hallelujah. We serve a good God, don't we? Isn't, isn't God exciting? Isn't Christianity fun? Hallelujah. Well, I'm having a blast. I've been having a blast for many decades, and, and I'm not sorry about it. Amen. Father, we're just so grateful and thankful that we serve an awesome God. And we lift up your name, Lord Jesus, in this place, and we give you all the glory and all the praise. Thank you, Father, for a glorious and wonderful moment in time with you tonight. We just bless you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship the Lord together. Amen. Let's stand together. Are you ready to worship tonight? Jesus, break at the weight of your glory. Let your fire and love consume every part of me. Lord, search deep within me, find anything all right and make it new. I want to be consumed by you, I want to be touched by you, I want to carry out the plan you have for me. I want to be consumed by you.
We believe in this place, God. You believe that you receive. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, we have faith in you. We believe you. We believe your word. We believe in the name of Jesus. We believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. We believe. Oh, we believe, Lord, that we can move mountains. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory to God. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Oh, we bless you, Lord. We take you at your word. Your word is the final say. It is the final authority. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And Lord, we thank you that you are here and you speak to us. You are in a place where I have opened the heavens over you. Wherever the heavens are opened, people hear my voice. They experience my presence and my power. They see things, hear things, and know things that they wouldn't normally have seen. But I have opened my heavens for you. Hallelujah. Thank you, you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, you may have your seats. Thank you, Signature Worship Team. Well, ladies... No more waiting. This is conference weekend. Beginning on Friday night. Patty is in Pennsylvania. Hallelujah. Dr. Fiona is loaded. It's going to be a great weekend. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God's going to do some great things. And if you haven't registered anything, just come on. Glory to God. It's time to shake some things in the kingdom. Amen? We have to have a sense of urgency. And uh, God is up to something good. And as always, you can invest in the kingdom of God. And uh, we appreciate your giving, and uh, God rewards you, and he blesses you, amen. And uh, you can give any time during the service. If you're watching online, you can give through our website that way. And Lord, I just give you thanks and praise for the givers. I thank you, Lord, that you bless their gifts as they sow their seed into the kingdom of God. And it will not uh, return void unto them, Father, but... It will be pressed down, shaken together, and running over, and you'll cause men to give into their bosom. And Lord, you're a good God, and we just love you and praise you, and I call them blessed, going out and coming in in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 
Of course, we have some kids in this place tonight. We love our kids, and uh, we're just so grateful that our kids can live in faith every day. So kids and teachers, we want to dismiss you now to have a good night. Hallelujah. Well, you know, God works in atmospheres. And um, we can, uh, we have the goods and the ingredients to make an atmosphere where God can move. Amen. How many has ever seen a plane? Like they usually have them at the beach where they fly by with the message behind it, you know, that's uh, in the sky advertising, right? But they're, they're sending a message over the airwaves. And, uh, of course, we have uh, television and uh, Internet, you know. Someone can be in one place, and they could broadcast a signal over the airwaves, literally, and it can show up in another place. Their image can show up in another place. And uh, they can create an atmosphere. So we have something that we can do to create an atmosphere. It's called praise. There's something about the praise of a believer that attracts God's presence. That brings God's presence to the scene. As a... uh, you know, he's, he's kind of, God is kind of a first responder to our praise. And uh, God picks up on the praise channel. Amen? And uh, if you have your Bibles, I'd like for you to go to, or your devices, go to Second Chronicles chapter 5. And we're going to start there. And I'm going to tell you about the words that I heard on the way to church today. Hallelujah. Second Chronicles, that's in the Old Testament there, chapter 5. And uh, we're going to start with uh, verse 11. They had uh, just built the temple. Solomon had built the temple. And... uh, the, the physical temple is representative of the spiritual temple, and we are the spiritual temple of God. Amen? And Second uh, Chronicles chapter 5, verse 11, it says, And it came to pass, when the priests came out of the most holy place, for all the priests who were present had sanctified themselves, without uh, keeping to their divisions. And the Levites, who were the singers, and those of Asaph and Heman and Jejuthun, with their sons and their brethren, stood at the east end of the altar, clothed in white linen. If you've been born again, you are clothed in white linen. You have a robe of righteousness on. And you have a garment of praise. Did you know that praise can cure heaviness? Put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. You know, the spirit of heaviness will make you down, but praise will lift you up. And uh, they stood on the altar clothed in white linen, having cymbals, stringed instruments, guitar. They had cymbals and guitars, glory to God. 
and harps, and with them a hundred and twenty priests, sounding with trumpets. You can imagine the noise that this was making. Indeed, notice this phrase, it came to pass. So they were playing these instruments and singing songs, 120 priests, right? And it came to pass when the trumpeters and the singers were as one. They came together in unity. To make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpeters, with the trumpets and the cymbals and the instruments of music, and praised the Lord, saying, For he is good, his mercy endures forever, that the house of the Lord was filled with a cloud. Their praise attracted God's presence. Their praise created an atmosphere where God had to come closer to check it out. They were sending a broadcast to heaven. And heaven was picking up the message. Amen? You want to touch God's heart? Be a person of praise. Hallelujah. And the house was filled with a cloud so that the priest could not continue ministering because of the cloud for the glory of the Lord filled the house. You know, uh, sometimes the glory of God just comes into a place and things get put on hold. Amen? So uh, the atmosphere can change a place. Now I want you to go to the book of Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16. Hallelujah. These are just some extra things. We're going to get to the main part here in just a moment. Hallelujah. Say, my praise... Produces powerful results. Yeah, your praise is actually a spiritual weapon against the enemy. What the Air Force is to the military, our praise is to the enemy's camp. We can launch praise missiles into the enemy's camp to disrupt his plans. And we don't have to be on site. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We, we, we got ICBMs. Uh, intercelestial best methods <laughs> to destroy enemies' plans. It's called praise. You thought I was going to say something else. <laughs> so, um, Acts chapter 16. And uh, Paul and Silas, they were uh, on the way to pray. And uh, this was when they were in Philippi. And And there was this lady that was following them, saying that these men are the most high God, bringing you the message of salvation. And that went on for many days, but then Paul had a 
inkling from the Holy Spirit that this was a demonic spirit. She was saying the right thing, but she was motivated with the wrong spirit. And uh, we know that it was a discerning of spirits, a gift that's a gift of the Holy Spirit, because if Paul would have known about it the first day, he would have did it. He would have did this on the first day. But this went on many days and he turned and spoke directly to that spirit because he was he was grieved in his heart about what, you know, uh, what this woman was doing. And uh, so he cast the spirit of divination out of her. And uh, the the people uh, who had this woman, they owned the one nine hundred psychic line. And they couldn't make any more money off of her, so they were upset. And they had Paul and Silas thrown in prison. And uh, so um, they, uh, in verse 20, Acts 16, verse 20, And they brought them to the magistrates and said, These men, being Jews, exceedingly trouble our city. They cast the devil out, and they're, they're troublemakers. Can you imagine that? And they teach customs which are not lawful for us, being Romans, to receive or observe. Then the multitude rose up together against them. This was an evil spirit motivating these people. And the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. Everybody say beaten with rods. You might as well just say hit with clubs. Okay? Okay. Do you think that was painful? Yeah, it was. Verse 23. And when they had laid many stripes on them. So their bodies are beaten, bruised, and bloody. They threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. As if they were going to escape. Escape. Verse 24, having received such a charge, he got them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in stocks. Doesn't sound like a good atmosphere, does it? Beaten, bruised, bloody. Now I'm chained. Now I'm in darkness in a place that doesn't smell right, in a place that doesn't feel right, right? How are you going to change the atmosphere when you're in that kind of mess? Praise can change the atmosphere. But at midnight, mm, and Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. They weren't silent. They were loud enough to be heard. Suddenly, (laughs) See, praise attracts the presence of God. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake. It's called a jailhouse rock. (laughs) So that the foundations of the prison were shaken. Let me say, God can shake the foundations. Praise can shake some foundations. There's some foundations that need to be shook. To see if they're good foundations. If they're not, they will crumble. <laughs> and immediately, all the doors were opened. And everyone's chains loose. Not just the praisers, but the atmosphere. Two were praising. 
The rest were listening, but their praise was powerful enough to loose all the chains and open all the doors. They did that with praise. They were praying, singing hymns to God. That's praise. And the keeper of the prison, awakening from his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself. That's what, that's what the warden would have done because he was responsible. But Paul called with a loud voice saying, do yourself no harm for we, were all, we are all here. The, everybody's chains were loose, but no one moved. Amen. And uh, so he brought, them in, he brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? I'll tell you what, praise created an atmosphere where people got saved. So they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your family. See, they have to believe. Then Paul called for a light and then he called for a light, ran in and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. Uh, No, I already read that. Uh, So they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were saved in his house. And then he washed their stripes and uh, he and his family were baptized. Can you say amen? amen? So the words that I heard on the way to church today was magnify the Lord with me. As I was coming up here, I didn't hear an audible word, just resonating in my heart. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Why don't you turn to Psalm 34? And we're going to see what it means to magnify the Lord. You know, we got to make God bigger than our problems. God's bigger than the economy. He's bigger than our government. He's bigger than this world. Amen. And we can't get down or sad about what's happening in the world. Why? Because we got a good God. Amen. Amen? Amen? Our focus needs to be on him. Listen, rough times are nothing new. God ministered to his people in famines. He ministered to them when they were slaves. He ministered to them when... They were, when uh, leaders were lighting up Christians on crosses and setting them on fire. Rough times are nothing new, but God is always the same. Psalm 34, verse 3, it says this, O magnify the Lord with me. Let us lift up his name together. Why? Because when we lift up his name together, it creates an atmosphere. It attracts, it attracts God's presence to put on the scene. Amen? Praise is like a, a call to a firehouse. When a, call, when a firehouse gets the call, they get a 911 call. The alarm sounds in the firehouse, right? And the firemen get their gear and they come together and they arrive on the scene. When our praise goes up, it touches God's heart. It stirs him to move on our behalf. It brings his presence on the scene. Oh, would you magnify the Lord with me? If you encounter some, if you encounter a friend or a family member that's going through a rough time and they say, I don't know what I'm going to do. You just say, come and magnify the Lord with me. Amen. So what does it mean to magnify the Lord? 
This whole psalm is written about magnifying the Lord. But let me tell you what it means to magnify. It means to increase the apparent size. I'm telling you what, make your problem small and make God big. Make your difficulty small, make God big. To magnify something means to make it bigger, right? How many ever used a magnifying glass? You look at something really tiny and with the magnifying glass, it becomes bigger, right? It, it, it magnifies it. To magnify means increase the volume of sound. Woo, come on. We got to increase the sound of praise. We got to increase the sound of victory. We got to increase the sound of joy. To magnify means to increase the sound. Pump up the volume. It means to cause to appear greater, more important, and more extreme. Amen? To, to magnify means to glorify or praise. To magnify means to increase or have the power to increase. He is greater in me. Hallelujah. I've got increase. He who is in me is greater than he who is in the world. That means there's no, no one from the world that can overwhelm me, that can stop me. Why? He who is in me is greater. Why? He's magnified in me. Amen. To magnify means to extol or to loud, L-A-U-D. Cause to be held in greater esteem and respect. When we magnify the Lord, we're valuing him. We're esteeming him. We're lifting him up. Amen? Problems get you down. But the Lord, he's the glory and the lifter of your head. He lifts you up. He gets you out of the clay and he sets you on a rock. Okay? To magnify means to increase the significance or to intensify. We need to intensify God's presence when we come together. God's presence is intense. Amen? It'll make you shake, rattle, and roll. I'll tell you what, I was in the service in Jackson, Mississippi. My friend's father was the business administrator for the church. It was about a thousand member church, maybe. And, uh, so we were there for three days because Rodney Howard Brown was there. So I was staying with my friend and we got to go to every service. And in that service, I ran. That was a big sanctuary. I ran around that thing twice. I, I, I shook. I laughed. I cried. And, and Rodney, um, there was a, uh, a, a lady who was a police officer who was part of the church. And he called me up. And he called up the police officer. And he said, uh, officer, if you look at this man, would you consider him to be drunk? And she'd said, yes. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't drunk on wine, but I was drunk in the spirit. And uh, I did about everything that someone could do in that service. And it was wonderful. But praise creates an atmosphere. And, and when God's presence comes in, 
you're not going to know necessarily how to respond. I mean, the priests didn't know that they weren't going to be able to minister. I mean, the glory got just too thick in there. They, were, they, they just couldn't, you know, do anything, right? And, and sometimes when, when God comes in, you know, you can, you can prepare the best way you can, but you're not, you're, you're, you're not going to know how you're going to respond. Just let God do what he wants to do. Yeah. Amen? Amen. We, we got to be yielded to God. And uh, so, but this praise creates an atmosphere. Okay, let's look at Psalm 34, verse 1. Psalm 34, verse 1. He says, I will bless the Lord sometimes. Oh, he didn't say sometimes? Oh, that means praise is not something we do when we feel like it. Praise is something we should do when we don't feel like it. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Amen? That means we ought to... See, church is just where we practice praise. But out in the world, that's when it gets tough. When you're not in the service where everybody's praising, can you praise the Lord? I mean, Paul and Silas, they were in such a habit of praising God that even after being beaten, bloody, and bruised, they were able to praise. You know, they didn't discuss how they felt. They just started praising God. And it was at midnight. Well, midnight's just as good a time as any to praise God. I mean, if, you, if you're awake and you can't sleep at midnight, you might as well just bring the presence of God in where you are. Because th- that'll help you rest. But you, you start praising God and God will start moving. Amen? So we ought to, his praise ought to be always in our mouth. Hallelujah. And uh, it, it's, say, it's always a good time to praise God. If you check your feelings, you'll never want to praise God. But you've got to make your body praise God. Remember, your body's not in control, you are. What I mean by you is the spirit. You're a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. Before you met Jesus, your body was in control. But after you met Jesus, now your spirit's in control. There's a new sheriff in town. Amen? He's called the real me. My body has to do what it says. Glory to God. All right? Verse 2. Psalm 34, verse 2. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. The humble and downtrodden will hear it and rejoice. You know what? If we're going to boast, let's boast in God. Amen? Paul said, Paul, when Paul realized that when he was weak, that's when God would make him strong, he says, well, I'm going to boast in my weakness then. Amen. We got to boast in God. We got to call God big. We got to call on the greatness of God. Amen. God is bigger than any problem that we have in life. He's bigger than any physical challenge. He whooped sickness and disease. Amen. He he whooped it on the cross. That's where he paid the debt. He, He atoned for our sin and our sickness on the cross. Because let me tell you something. When Isaiah was writing his book, he was looking towards the cross. And, and he said, by his stripes, you will be healed. But then when Peter, 1 Peter 2.24, he writes about the same thing. He was looking back at what Jesus had already done. The cross was done. He said, by his stripes, you were healed. It was at the cross where we were healed. We were healed at the cross. That's where the transaction took place. That's where the blood was shed. One thing you won't find on the cross is you won't find Jesus on the cross anymore. He was only there temporarily. 
But our sins are still there. Our sickness is still there. The blood washed us clean there. The debt was paid there. So Isaiah, looking to the cross, Peter, looking back at the cross, that's where it was done. Say, I'm healed. Say, I'm whole. Say, the Lord fixed me at the cross. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That's why we can magnify the Lord. See, we, we, we have reasons to praise God. Oh, come and magnify the Lord with me. Find someone, listen, find someone to magnify the Lord, but if you can't find anybody, magnify him anyway. Because when you get with God, you become a majority. Why did Gideon, why was he able to defeat 120,000 soldiers? Because he magnified God. He blessed the Lord. Amen? The Lord showed up to Gideon. He was threshing wheat in a wine press because he didn't want the Midianites to come and get it. Because when the Midianites, they were like locusts. They came in, they took the cattle, they took the sheep, they took the grains. They, they depleted Israel of its resources because Israel sinned and opened up the door. And there was Gideon, and God shows up and says, Oh, mighty man of valor. And Gideon says, Who's you talking about? How many remember that show, Different Strokes? Remember, remember he said, what you talking about, Willis? This is what Gideon said. The angels, the Lord shows up to Gideon, you mighty man of valor. And Gideon goes, what you talking about, Jesus? Because Gideon didn't see himself as a mighty man. He saw himself weak. He saw himself small. He saw himself as the least. But how many know God's, God's word for you is better than the world's word for you? God had a different label for Gideon. And so Gideon became the mighty man that God said he was. You can become the woman that God says you are. You can become the man that God says you are. And man, you got to find your identity and image in God, in Jesus Christ. I am victorious. I am forgiven. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Why? Because I identify with Jesus. See, we, we, we need to magnify God with how we live, not just with our mouth. Amen? Verse 4, Psalm 34, 4. I sought the Lord. I want you to notice these are all action words. Uh, my soul, make a boast in the Lord, that's an action. Magnify the Lord, that's an action. Lift up his name together, that's an action. Faith is an action word. Verse 4, I sought the Lord and he answered me. Everybody say, he answered me. How come I never hear the Lord? Have you been seeking him? Because the Bible says, ask and you shall receive. A seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened. All you got to do is ASK. You want God's attention? He's not hard to find. Amen? Verse 5. They looked to him and were radiant. Some of you need to have your light turned on. How do you, how do you turn on your light? Look to him. Stop looking at your circumstances. Look to him. They looked to him and were radiant. Their faces will never blush in shame or confusion. 
Verse 6, the poor man cried. Crying is raising your voice to God. And the Lord heard him and saved him from his troubles. You got some trouble? We got a God. He can save you from those troubles, from all the troubles. Amen? You just got to magnify God in the trouble. Paul and Silas were in trouble. They didn't complain or cry or whine. They praised and the situation changed. Amen? Verse 7. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him. Fearing God is honoring, reverencing, and respecting him, his people, his places, and his things. When you fear, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Amen? So the, the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him. So when you fear God, you got angels encamped around you. Whoo, you, you came in with your angels tonight. They encamp around those who fear God. Glory to God. Fearing God is a, is a choice. Respecting, honoring, and reverencing God, his places, his people, and his things. Amen? All right, verse 8. These are all ways that we can magnify the Lord. Verse 8. Oh, taste and see. How, if you want to know something's good, taste it. Well, with food anyway. <laughs> Let me clarify that. <laughs> Some people taste things they shouldn't taste. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. How blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Well, I don't know if God's good. Well, have you had a taste? Because if you tasted, you know he's good. He's sweet to the taste. Amen? But you've got to take refuge in him. People take refuge in themselves. I did it my way. That's the problem. That's why you're in the mess, because you did it your way. The Bible said there is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. So if you want to do it your way, that's fine. You're just on a dead-end road. Eventually, it's going to catch up with you. But if you want to do it God's way, God's got a better way. Amen? He is the way. He's the way through the wilderness. He's the way through the valley. He's the way out of darkness. Hallelujah. He is the way out. Okay? Uh, Verse 9. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. For those who fear him, there is no want. Oh, my goodness. No want. Why? I trust God's my source. Say there's no want. But the qualification is you've got to fear God. You've got to honor, reverence, and respect him, his people, his places, and his things. Amen? And when you, when you honor God like that, God will take care of you. God told Eli, he said, those that despise me, I lightly esteem. People who despise God, he doesn't even pay much attention to them. But people who honor God, fear God, he gives them everything. Amen? He'll give them what they don't even ask for. Just ask Solomon when you get to heaven. Solomon prayed for wisdom and he got riches and honor on top of it. Hallelujah. He got a peanut butter, he prayed for a peanut butter jelly sandwich and he got one with whipped cream. Glory to God. 
Verse 10. The young lions lack and grow hungry, but they who seek the Lord will not lack any good thing. Say, not lack any good thing. Does it sound like God gives benefits to his kids? He wants you blessed. He wants you to have the best. Amen? But we've got to believe it. We fall short in the believing part of it. And, and instead of magnifying God, we give in to complaining. Did you know that every place in the Bible where people complained, murmured, and grumbled, God would tell the leader, why are they complaining about me? God takes complaints personal. If you want to complain, just be prepared to spend extra days in the wilderness. Wandering around until a whole generation has to die. All right? Verse 11. See, if you don't know how to fear God, look at how God, look at how good God is. Come, you children, listen to me. I will teach you to fear the Lord. He will teach you how to do it. He'll teach you what it means. He'll give you the understanding of it. Amen? Why? God wants you to participate in this plan. He makes it so easy. Verse 12. Who is the man who desires life and loves many days? How many desire life? How many love many days? That he may see good. Right? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. If you want, if you desire life and love many days and you want to see good, watch your mouth. Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. That's things we got to do, amen? How many know God wants us to magnify God how we live? So he wants us to speak truth. He wants us to speak nice words, right? Why? Words are containers. Words have power. Words can create things or they can destroy things. There's life and death in the power of the tongue. Okay, verse 14. Turn away from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. These are all hot ways that we magnify the Lord. Why don't you come and magnify the Lord with me? Amen? You get a group of people magnifying the Lord and God is going to do something. I guarantee it. Why? Because praise attracts his presence. Verse 15, the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their cry. God is saying this, I got my eyes on you and I'm listening. He's, he's watching you and he's listening to you, right? And when you magnify God, you got his attention. Oh, come and magnify the Lord with me. Verse 16, the face of the Lord is against those who do evil to cut off the memory of them from the earth. Do you know there were people in the Bible that their family line were cut off because all the men were killed because they wouldn't stop sinning? These were people who got off the right path. Okay? Verse 17, when the righteous cry, the Lord hears and rescues them from all their distresses and troubles. How many does he rescue from? But see, he rescues us when we cry. When we cry. Did, did you know Peter's prayer when he started to sink after he walked on water? It was a most deep prayer. Help! 
Where was God when Peter started to sink? He was right there. He was within hand's reach. He, he stretched forth his arm and he lifted up Peter so that he wouldn't drown. Listen, when things get hot, you just cry out to the Lord and God will get you out of the heat. Amen? But we got to do the crying out. We do the crying out, he does the delivering. Right? Okay, verse 18. These are all ways that we, we, we magnify the Lord. The Lord is near to the heartbroken. And he saves those who are crushed in spirit. If you're going through a, 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 a trial and, and you have a broken heart and you're crushed in spirit, God can help you. He binds up the wounds and he heals broken hearts. Listen, Jesus knows what it's to have. His friends betrayed him. He knows what it, what it is to have a broken heart. His closest disciple. When Jesus said, all the sheep are going to scatter. All you are going to leave me. And Peter said, though everyone leaves you, I will never leave you. You're, you know him. I don't know him. I don't know him. I don't know him. The one who said in front of the disciples that he would never leave was the first one to deny knowing him. Jesus knows what heartbreak is. He's been through it. And he can help you through it. So if you've got a broken heart or a crushed spirit... Magnify the Lord. Come and magnify the Lord with me. And he'll take your crush and make you tough. He'll give you the right stuff. All right. Verse 19. Many hardships and perplexing circumstances confront the righteous, but the Lord rescues them from them all. Everybody say from them all. So nothing you can face in life is too hard for God to get you to, to turn it around. But what you got to do in the situation, you got to magnify the Lord. Amen. If you're experiencing grief, magnify the Lord. You want your mourning to be turned into dancing, start magnifying the Lord. And, and, and the turnaround will happen quick. He'll get you out of that depressed state and, and lift you up like, you'll be like, wow, what just happened? All right, verse 20. He'll keep, he'll keeps all his bones. Not one of them is broken. That's a prophecy that not one of his bones was broken on the cross. All right. Uh, so the Lord gave me these words. <laughs> when we magnify the Lord, we got to mortify, mortify our flesh and weakness and magnify the Lord. We got to mortify the flesh. And weakness and magnify the Lord. Did you know that you could reverse a curse into a blessing simply by magnifying the Lord? You could turn a bad situation into a good one simply by magnifying the Lord. You know, we need to give some mega praises to God in magnifying the Lord. All right, here's another one. We have to dispel and demolish doubts and magnify God's word. We've got to dispel and demolish doubts and magnify God's word. You know, when the enemy comes in like a flood, God raises a standard against him. The word of the Lord is against you, Satan. How, how did Jesus overcome temptation? 
Three words. It is written. The devil was tempting him, and he looked at the enemy and said, it is written. And then he said what was written. And that stopped the enemy in his tracks. You want to stop the enemy? Say, it is written. But you got to know what was written. Amen? Because you're magnifying the word. All right? Hallelujah. I actually had two messages here, but I'm not going to get to the other one. I came with a double portion, but... (laughs) Okay, listen to this. Annihilate anxiety and magnify the Prince of Peace that passes understanding. Annihilate anxiety. Listen, there's a lot of things in this world that can make you anxious. Annihilate anxiety and magnify the Prince of Peace. Because he gives you a peace that passes understanding. Why are you so calm? I got a peace that passes understanding. You want a peace? There's lots of pieces. You can get a peace. Amen. All right. Frustrate fear and frustration and magnify faith in God. Frustrate fear and frustration. Just don't say that 10 times. And magnify faith in God. Amen. Why? Your faith is the victory that overcomes the world. So anything in the world can be overcome by faith. Amen? Okay? Silence Satan and magnify the gospel of God's kingdom. How many know that we can silence Satan? Every one of us in this room who have Jesus Christ in their heart, you can tell Satan to shut up and he can't open his mouth. Besides, he can't be everywhere. He can only be in one place at one time. So if you tell him to go somewhere, he's no longer in your presence. He's not omnipresent. So you got to silence Satan and magnify the gospel of God's kingdom. Resist the temptation to trust in yourself and magnify your trust in the Lord alone. Satan will try to get you to trust in yourself. You know, every time David fought an enemy, as long as he inquired of God, he was successful. But when he didn't inquire of God, he wasn't successful. So what's the point? Inquire of God. All right? Resist the temptation to trust in yourself and magnify your trust in the Lord alone. You know, the Bible says, trust in the Lord and lean not to your own understanding, but acknowledge him in all your ways and he will direct your path. Sometimes you can't, you don't understand the situation, but you don't lean on your understanding. You lean on him. Lean on me. When you're not strong, I'll be your friend and I'll help you along. Amen. I don't know where that's coming from, but you have to undo unbelief and magnify believing in God. Undo unbelief. Unravel unbelief. You ever, you ever pull a loose thread on a garment 
and you wish you wouldn't because it doesn't stop? You think you're just going to pull it out into one piece? No. It's attached. It makes the garment useless. <laughs> Unravel unbelief and magnify believing in God. Hallelujah. All right. Here's another one. Condemn the curse and magnify the blessing of the Lord. How do you break a curse? With the blessing. The blessing overrides the curse. The blessing trumps the curse. The blessing stops the curse. Every place where Jesus shed his blood broke a curse. He was crowned with thorns. Thorns were a curse. When they put that crown of thorns on his head, he bled. He was breaking that curse. The blessing breaks the curse. Condemn the curse and magnify the blessing. Resist rebellion and magnify submitting to the Lord. The Bible says when you submit to God, the devil flees from you. Submit to God. What does that mean? Come under his mission. Come under his authority. He is Lord, not me. Amen? You submit to God. But you can't resist the enemy unless you're submitted to God. You know, there are a lot of people that call themselves Christians. But they don't follow what the Lord says. It's hard to be a Christian when you're not following the Christ. And if you're not following the Christ, you're following someone else, you or the enemy. Guess what? Christianity is not a democracy, and we don't get to make our own rules. God already made the rules for us, and he doesn't lower the bar for anybody. And I'm glad for that, because if he did, we couldn't trust him. But he doesn't change. He's had the same standards all throughout, etern- all throughout history. Amen? All right, I'm almost done. Destroy spiritual dullness and magnify being quick to believe and receive. You know the people on the road to Emmaus? Jesus said they were dull, slow of believing, slow of hearing. They were dull. You know what you do with a dull pencil? Sharpen it. Put it in the sharpener and make a point, right? Guess what? The Word of God is the sharpener. Iron sharpens iron. He tells us how to be sharper in the Word. If your spiritual life is a little dull, get someone around that can sharpen you. Pull you out of that dullness. So destroy spiritual dullness and magnify being quick to obey, uh, to believe and receive. Forfeit failure and magnify making your way prosperous and having good success. How do you do that? Joshua 1.8. In this book of the law, will not depart out of your mouth. Speak it. Meditate in it day and night. Why? So that you may observe to do it. And then you'll make your way prosperous and have good success. God wants you prosperous. God wants you to have good success. But he's got a way to do it. You've got to forfeit failure. 
Failure for a Christian is just another opportunity for God to make up the difference. Amen? So what you get knocked down? Dust yourself off and get back up. So what if you missed the mark? Shoot again. Get another arrow. Don't quit is my point. How'd you like to be the Apostle Paul? Everywhere you hold a meeting, there's a group of Jews that want to kill you. There's an evil spirit that stirs up people against you. He was whipped five times, 39 times each. He was beaten with rods three times. He was stoned and left for dead once. Did it stop him? Did he stop preaching? Did he stop writing? Did he stop planting churches? No. He was not a failure. He forfeited failure. He kept on going. Amen? Okay, I got four more. Can you handle that? Cut off complaints and magnify praise to God. It's time to cut off complaints. Amen? When you feel the temptation to complain, murmur, grumble, or whine, stop it. Stop dropping praise. Amen? Which is going to bring more power to your situation, a complaint or praise? A complaint is going to turn God away. Praise is going to bring him close. And we have the power as to what we do, how we respond. We can either praise or complain. Amen? Amen. <laughs> you know, the Israelites, they, they complained. They said, we're tired of this light bread. Oh, that bread that's been sustaining you for 40 years that came from heaven, that all you got to do is go out and gather it every day? That bread? We're tired of that bread. Okay, we want some meat. We want meat, God. We want meat. God said, okay. You want meat? I'll give you some meat. I'll give you so much meat, it'll come out your nostrils. So he caused quail to come into the camp. This hot. Batter up. They were knocking down quail left and right. But it came with a price. They were complaining about God's provision. Tired of this light bread. Well, get some dark bread. They should have just slapped the people who said that. I feel the Lord. I want to lay hands on you suddenly and watch you fall under the power. Cut off complaints and magnify praise to God. Three more. Withstand worry and magnify worship of the Lord in spirit and in truth withstand worry don't don't tell worry to talk to the hand put worry on hold and start to praise god and worry will drop the call worry will lose interest if you start praising god you can kick worry out of this front seat kick it to the curb don't let him in your presence Withstand worry and magnify worship in the Lord. Okay? Suppress slothfulness and magnify acting on God's word now. When it, 
When is faith? Faith is now. Well, I'm believing for this at some point in time. When are you going to get into now? You got to believe you receive it now. You do when you order a pizza. The minute you get off a phone, I mean, it may not be like that today, but the minute you get off ordering a pizza, you're setting the table and getting your money ready and you're expecting that guy to show up. Right? You're taking action in preparation for what you just ordered. But with faith, oh no, I'm believing for something. It's coming. When's it going to, when's it going to arrive? Listen, it arrives in here first. It'll arrive here later. Don't worry about here. Just have it in here. If we were to take a, a ultrasound, we ought to see a picture of what you're believing for right in here. You, you ought to have possession of it in here. There ought to be a picture of it in here already. Why? Because I believe I receive. Amen? As far as God was concerned, the moment he spoke to Abraham, he was, he, him and Sarah were ready to have a kid, but they just didn't, they didn't have the picture yet. It was under development. It took 25 years to develop. But finally, they got the picture. Amen? Suppress slothfulness. All right, last one. Stomp out stress and magnify the peace of God. Stomp out stress. God gives us a peace that passes understanding. It keeps our heart and our mind in Christ. A peace that passes understanding. People won't understand why you, you can have the peace that you do. It's beyond understanding, but you can have it. Amen? Stomp out stress. And, of course, the best stress relief is joy. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Think about that. Hallelujah. So why don't you come and magnify the Lord with me? Good things happen when we magnify the Lord. We we need to stand up and magnify God. We need to make God bigger than whatever it is we're, we're facing, whatever it is we're, we're dealing with, whatever it is that's going on in our life. Make God bigger than lack. Make God bigger than lack. Hallelujah. We can prosper.